in New York City, I don't think that I quite expected that my fun budget was going to need to grow by like more than double because Portland is like a really cheap and easy place to drink. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money, but it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Okay, my friends, hope you're all doing well. As of this taping, things are pretty weird out there with the coronavirus crisis, and I decided it's time for a break. So I am going to share an interview that I recorded a couple of months ago, frankly, when things were what we would now call normal. And by normal, I mean we were able to joke about the absurdity of $18 cocktails in New York and other things that we took for granted that we never knew we would actually miss so much. My guest will make you smile, I promise. She is one of the most entertaining people I know. And she also knows quite a bit about money and practices what she preaches when it comes to investing. And also, she practices what she preaches when it comes to living life to its fullest. Amanda Holden got the nickname Dumpster Doggy from her office mates when she was being super frugal to pay off debt. She is now using her tremendous talents and her big reach. She's got quite an audience to teach others how to get control of their finances, something we appreciate more these days than ever. Here is Amanda Holden. Hey, Amanda Holden, aka Dumpster Doggy. You're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Bobby. Okay. When I first met you in person, I asked you about your moniker. So just briefly explain before we get to your money story, where does the whole Dumpster Doggy thing come from? Dumpster Doggy is a nickname that I picked up while I was still working in investment management. And it was actually during the very tail end of my journey there when I was saving up all of my money to quit. So I got super duper scrappy and all of my coworkers started calling me Dumpster Doggy. And instead of getting into all the details, why don't we just send people to the story on my blog? It's all there so you can read about why I got the nickname Dumpster Doggy, and then why I've named my blog the Dumpster Dog blog, which is now just like scrappy, no BS, finance education for young women specifically. I've actually asked you, Amanda, to share a story that you really haven't talked about yet. We can see each other in person. Everybody else is just listening, but you came on and you're all bundled up for the cold because you are in your new apartment, your fabulous apartment in New York City where you just moved, which is very much against the grain because there's this whole movement to moving to more affordable cities and doing your thing and and not kind of splurging on where you live. But you did this. You moved to New York City on purpose. That's right. I did it on purpose. Tell us your money story. Sure. I just made the move. I came out to New York City alone. I've never lived on the East Coast before. I moved from Portland, Oregon. And so it was a super big change, but one that you know, I had started thinking about probably about a little bit more than a year, a year and a half, two years ago as something that I wanted to do. And so I saved up my money. I built out my business. I waited until I was ready. And then I moved out here for no reason other than I wanted to be here. I love that. Tell me more about what the change was like financially. Sure. So I did market research on rent prices and then also just normal cost of goods, groceries, 
Also sales tax. I moved from a state that didn't have sales tax. So everything is going to be automatically about 10% more expensive in, in New York City. So taking that into account as well. And what I did, and this, this is not necessarily what everybody has to do, but what I did is I wanted to make sure that I had a year's worth of rent saved and a year's worth of my business taxes saved. So I actually saved quite a bit of money in cash before making the transition, knowing that it's really hard to understand how expensive it's going to be to live in a city until you're actually doing it yourself. I asked friends and I can hear from them, but they live different lives than I do. And so uh, what I spend money on is not what they spend money on. I knew that some of it's a guessing game and just getting to a point where I had a big enough cushion that I felt comfortable doing so was essentially all that I did. And, and I'm really lucky in that I am extremely light on my feet. It's just me. I moved with literally two suitcases and I'm not even exaggerating. And that just makes it really easy as well, right? If I need to pick up and leave and go back, then I can certainly do that, which helped give me some flexibility as well. So tell us more about what was as you expected financially and what surprised you financially moving to a bigger city and a more expensive city. Bobby, every single cocktail here costs at least $18. Yeah, that's not bad. 18 sounds about right. Definitely you can go more. It's truly terrible. So I moved from Portland, Oregon, but I also lived in California for the majority of my adult life. I was in school in LA and then working in investment management in San Francisco. Which which is an expensive city. It's an expensive city. It's not cheap there either. No, it's not. But when I was there, the years that I was there, I left actually in 2013, which is crazy that it was so long ago. You could absolutely, the bars I went to, you could absolutely walk in and get a whiskey soda for $6 or $7, at least the places that I was going to. But in New York City, I don't think that I quite expected that my fun budget was going to need to grow by like more than double because Portland is like a really cheap and easy place to drink. And so, so that has been a surprise. Obviously, I'm paying more in rent. But there's some other things where I feel like I'm saving money. Like I don't have a car here. I had a car in Portland. And so that's nice. I love being able to to walk. I live, love living in a walking city. I love public transportation. That's been really great to not have to have my car. And so, you know, after it all shakes out, like, yeah, I'm definitely spending more money here, but I'm also just pretty naturally good at sticking to a spending plan. And you know, even in a more expensive city, I do a pretty good job of saving. You know, one thing that a former guest here on Financial Grown Up said, uh, Barbara Corcoran, she talked about the fact that she liked having a little bit of a fire under her because it made her want to earn more. And she says it works, that needing to have more money to live the life you want actually motivated her successfully to earn more money. What do you think about that? Do you think that being here has helped your business because you want to do all the things? You want to be able to go have that $18 cocktail if you want it. Absolutely. I think that that's... That's absolutely a driver. And and maybe even more than that, just being surrounded by people who are doing and who are ambitious and who are trying to squeeze every last drop out of life. And it's not like people in Portland aren't doing that. People in Portland are absolutely doing that. I know some of the most wonderful and creative people there, but the pace of life is certainly slower. And so there's just a, a, a different cadence to being in New York City that I think helps. And it's it's energizing. And, and I feel very alive here. Like, man, nothing like walking through the streets of Manhattan and getting an umbrella right into the eye to really make (laughs) you feel alive when you're here. Yeah, that's definitely a motivating factor. 
looking back, are there things that you, in retrospect, would have done a little bit differently in terms of the preparation to basically upsize your lifestyle? I mean, it's just a more expensive place to live. I think that doing the saving is doing the work, right? Coming with some sort of financial cushion was imperative to me moving without taking on a whole bunch of financial anxiety because I could see having a bunch of financial anxiety. If I was to do one thing differently, I probably would have worked on creating some more passive income streams before I got here. Not only because like having a passive income stream is is really helpful, but also because the cost of building out something like, let's say like a video course or something like that is going to be much cheaper to create in Portland than it is going to be in New York. What is the lesson from your story for our listeners? I think that the lesson here is that if you have a financial goal, it is worthy and you you don't have to listen to what anybody else says your financial goal should be, but just, you know, make a picture of it in your head, make a bank account to match it, and then just hit that goal hard. I'm a firm believer in the value of really conceptualizing your goals and really thinking about it often, like whatever, put it on your mood board. I don't use Pinterest, but put it on your (laughs) Pinterest, whatever it is, and working towards that specific goal because it is so much more motivating than if you have just like some random savings account that you're just putting money into with no particular goal in mind. Did you have a deadline and a specific amount of money and work back from there? So, well, really my deadline was earlier this year, doing my taxes. Mm-hmm. And so I had an idea of how much I would owe in taxes. Last year was like my first full year self-employed doing my own business. And so I had an idea of what I would owe in taxes, but you always kind of are like, well, until I actually do it, I could, I could be way off. Like, am I going to owe $1,000 or am I going to owe $40,000? <laughs> like, where is it going to fall? And so luckily, once I did my taxes, I, I hired a CPA to do my taxes for the first year. I found out that I owed exactly what I expected. And so therefore, I had enough cushion where I was like, okay, I told myself this was my deadline. If I kept my cushion and didn't pay it all to self-employed taxes, that I would move to New York City. And and actually, one of my, my good friends, I don't know if you know Emma Petty, but Emma in Portland, and she, on tax day, literally looked at me. She's like, so are you moving to New York City? And I was like, oh, oh yeah. I know. And I was like, oh, I guess I did say that, didn't I? Yeah, I guess I should go. I should guess I should go now. <laughs> we love accountability. Accountability is everything. <laughs> I know. I was like, dang, I forgot I had said that. <laughs> yes. Tell people things. That's one of my favorite tips is actually telling people because then you have more ownership and accountability. All right, let's move on to your everyday money tip. Go for it. So my everyday money tip, If you found $300 to spend at Target, then I encourage you to consider that you have money that you can also invest in a company like Target or invest in companies in general, invest in yourself and in your future. Right. So take whatever budget you were going to spend wherever you were going to go shopping and instead shop for the stock of that company. But if, but make sure it's, make sure it's a good investment too. Don't just buy blindly. We don't want to tell people to do that. Of course. Right, right. And this is just an example. Right. But I love the analogy because when you rethink it and you approach something differently, wait, I was going to spend $300 on groceries, you know, for my very large family at Whole Foods. Maybe I can find, you know, spend less and invest the extra in Whole Foods, not necessarily recommending that investment, but the idea is there. All right. Tell us more now about your business and where people can find out more about you and uh, maybe work with you. 
Yeah. So again, my business is called Invested Development. I focus on teaching young women how to invest. I use humor. Really, I'm targeting demographics that have often been left out of these conversations because so often these conversations are reserved for people who are already wealthy. And that's why I ultimately quit my job in investment management is to get this information to demographics that that I care most about. And so Invested Development is the business. I do seminars. I also have an online virtual course so you can take it from anywhere. And so you can find all of this information on my blog, which is Dumpster Dog Blog, or come find me on Instagram at dumpster.doggy. And I do tons of free education there. And by the way, congrats to Amanda. She recently won a Plutus Award for her social media. So definitely be sure to follow her on Instagram. Here's my take. Financial run-up tip number one. I love that Amanda's friend, Emma, held her accountable. Accountability is a great tool to use. Without it, I know I would not have accomplished many things in life. So however that works for you, tell a friend about a goal and give them permission to check in with you on your progress. And yes, to hold you accountable. Financial grown-up tip number two. Let's talk about risk tolerance. It's being tested for a lot of us right now. Amanda took a huge risk uprooting her life and moving into a more, let's say, financially challenging city. Given the economic chaos we are all now seeing with the impact of the coronavirus, was it a mistake? I say no. We make the best decisions for ourselves based on the information and the goals we have at that time. And even more so, if things do go south, how great is it that Amanda had the courage and yes, took the risks to live the life she earned and to experience what she wanted. Big thanks to all of you for being part of the Financial Grown-Up community. I appreciate your support and hope this episode gave you a little break today. Be in touch on Instagram at BobbyRebel1 and on Twitter at BobbyRebel. And if you are home, this is a great time to check out Amanda's Dumpster Doggy blog. And thanks to Amanda for helping us all be financial grown-ups. Financial Grown-Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.